Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. Now a few uh, housekeeping things before we do begin. This will be the only pro wrestling podcast this week, I do apologise, but the Friday one or the second one of the week is just not going to be possible because I, um, well, I have, I have a job to be completely honest and sometimes that job gets in the way uh, of stuff like this, which is why I always put my patron, patreon.com for the Simon 316, because the more that can fill up, the less other jobs I can do and the more time I can spend on uh, things like this which would be the dream, naturally. Uh, I kind of ties in, though. I assume a few people listening to this may be heading to the Eurogamer Expo in Birmingham over the next few days. Uh, and I'll talk about this is Wednesday, the day it drops. So Thursday to Sunday is that. And if you are around, you'd like to come say hello, please head over to the Square Enix stage, where I will be doing some hosting, uh, as I always like to be as transparent and honest on this, possible, uh, on this podcast as possible. It's a good thing this came along, because I spent a lot of money on my shoulder recently, and that's kind of the major reason why I wanted to do it. But yes, do come and say hello, but it does mean as soon as I've done this podcast, which I'm recording now, I will jump on a train and fly up uh, to the Midlands for a few days and, and get that done. I'm taking my laptop with me, so hopefully I'll be able to get some other content up as well. But in terms of the main slab of podcast goodness, this is the be-all and end-all. But of course, you can keep up to date on youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules and on Twitter, Instagram at Simon316. Give us five stars on iTunes, all of that nonsense. It may be a little bit of a short one today as well. I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping I can uh, fit it in in the time. But obviously, I have to keep an eye on the clock because I have a trained catch. It's good life. It's how it works. It's really annoying sometimes. But you know, we, we, Raw and SmackDown are in the books, as is Hell in a Cell. If you saw the Raw ratings, you know it wasn't sort of a great, uh, you know, peak of interest once the show was done. Uh, it did its worst rating for some time, especially the third hour. I'm kind of in two worlds about it. Like, I enjoyed Hell in a Cell. I actually thought, given how much hate there was for that pay-per-view going into it, the WWE did a pretty good job. Like, I really enjoyed I, I thought it was fun. There wasn't a bad match on the card. Even the pre-show with the Rusev Day versus New Day title match was decent. And, you know, the surprise at the end of Brock Lesnar returning, it depends how you look at it. I mean, my issue with WWE at the moment is they're promoting three shows uh, concurrently. I don't necessarily think that's a good idea. I mean, fair play to them. They all work incredibly hard. But when you're both... The issue is you've got Evolution, which ties into the WWE narrative, right? That's the all-women's pay-per-view. So we're trying to build to that. But before that, you've got the Australian Super Showdown. And it certainly seems now like the Australian Super Showdown is serving as a gateway into the Saudi Arabia show, which is now called Crown Jewel. That's just... It's a bit convoluted and it's a bit messy. But really, that is why Brock Lesnar returned at Hell in a Cell. It sounds like what he has. There's no two ways about it. He signed on for the main event in the Saudi Arabia show where it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. He's probably getting paid a million dollars to do all of this, which is just nuts in the amount of cash that WWE has at the moment. And so while it served as a good... I, I like the surprise. You know, I, I didn't know how they were going to finish the match. I presumed there was going to be some nonsense. And I enjoyed the surprise of Brock Lesnar coming out of nowhere. The no contest in a Hell in a Cell, I think, is debatable. I was listening to the Wrestling Observer the other day, and I kind of agreed what Dave Meltzer said when he believes any match should be able to be deemed a no contest, but he also made the point they probably should have done the 10 count, where both guys are on the floor 
And, you know, neither Roman or Braun are able to stand up to the ref's count. I think that would have been better as opposed to just some dude running down and going, meh, well, you know, well, that's, you know, that's that. But, I mean, the real issue is that it doesn't tie into what happens on Raw and SmackDown. And now we have to wait to, what, November the 3rd, 4th, 5th, whenever uh, the Saudi Arabia show is. And that is strange, you know, it's strange booking to me. I mean, it doesn't really matter because the network kind of, you know, makes pay-per-views redundant anyway. But so now Brock Lesnar, you know, to almost be a, you know, a supporting character, which he has been for some time. But to do it in this guise, I can understand why a few people, you know, a few people have a problem with it. And then on Raw, you know, you've got Baron Corbin talking about it. You've got Brock, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman talking about it. Roman Reigns talking about it. But you know, Brock, you know Brock's not going to turn up. I'm like an old woman today. I'm getting the wrong name constantly. It's like when your nan... Uh, I shouldn't say a woman, I should say old person, old men do it as well. But when you know, talking to your nan or granddad, and they go, uh, James, uh, uh, Rachel, uh, Mark, uh, Simon, and they eventually get there, that's what I'm doing. So I understand that, but I think if you look at the card of the whole, there was a lot of good on it. Uh, you know, Becky Lynch winning the title was awesome. Uh, you know, both Hell in a Cell matches were good until, you know, until the, until the finish of the Brock, you know, with Brock coming down, which caused controversy. I thought Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy especially was, was really good. Uh, you know the whole the best thing about the screwdriver through the ear thing was you know you had table shots and uh, you know chairs and you know Orton had that flesh coming off his leg but the thing that got his reaction was you know putting a metal thing where metal thing usually goes and I think that's a testament to WWE and how well and how well they did here and I I really did think it was a good spot and I thought Randy Orton pulled it off brilliantly I thought Randy Orton was really good on SmackDown as well when we cut to the production truck and he was just going uh, yeah he was just going ballistic saying that he wanted that footage showed over again. He came across like a proper bad guy, a proper heel. Yeah, I was I I, I was impressed. I was in I was impressed to say uh, to, to say the least. It certainly sounds like he's he's found his his momentum with whatever this character's meant to be and I'll be intrigued to see what his next his next feud is. Uh, it was good they kept Jeff Hardy off SmackDown as well because if you didn't see the finish to his Hell in a Cell match, he was basically swinging off one of the beams inside the Hell in a Cell. Randy Orton was laying on a table and then Jeff Hardy fell. <laughs> Uh, but he timed it too late. He just went crashing through the table. And it did this kind of, I mean, a lot of people, it did kind of make, again, the finish of the main event stupid because the referee tried to call off this match, but Randy Orton decided that he wasn't going to let that happen because he wanted to get the pin. Whereas, you know, five, six matches later, apparently that was, that was okay. Anyway, Randy Orton got the win. And I thought that was that was decent. Uh, the tag team match for the Raw Championships probably stole the show. Uh, if you didn't see it, as you go see it, just an amazing back and forth. AJ Styles uh, beat Samoa Joe. It was a good match. The ending, I think the ending was uh, was made a bit worse by what happened on SmackDown. So the Kikita clutch was locked into Styles. He rolled Joe onto his back, got the one, two, three. But on two, he tapped out, which the ref didn't see. Now, as a good guy, babyface champion... I was kind of hoping we could have had some fun here with AJ teasing that he was going to relinquish the belt but not doing it because he doesn't want to not be the champion. And instead, we just, we kind of ignored it. And it, it seems like when you, you, when you ignore the story and don't let it progress how it certainly seems like it should, then all of a sudden you do fall into that territory, or at least for me, you fall into that territory where it's glaringly obvious that we just did this to try and protect both guys. And that is why they did it. And that's why we do a lot of finishes in these matches. But... There's no point making it that transparent when, in my head, there's ways and means to get around it. It was still a good match. A lot of people said they thought it was slow. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. And Samoa Joe going nuts afterwards and then getting a no, was it no DQ, no count out match in Australia. Don't know how that helps Samoa Joe in any sense. <laughs> because it was nothing to do with disqualifications or count outs. It was Joe, you know, getting screwed over by, by a bad referee. 
So it should, again, I'm stealing this from Wrestling Observer, but they're not wrong. It should be a two-referee match, not necessarily something I think I need to see, but it certainly would make sense in, in, in terms of what we're trying to do here. But anyway, we didn't do that, so there's no point crying over spilt milk. The Miz and Maurice beating Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella I thought was far more fun than I had, you know, had any right of being. You know, it didn't really help. Uh, didn't hurt or help the Daniel Bryan Miz feud because while they they took the body of the match, it was Maurice and uh, Brie Bella did the finish when Maurice obviously pinned Brie, and Brie wasn't on SmackDown this week. I made a big rant about that on Raw ups and downs. I don't know why they actually listened to me. I mean, clearly they didn't. I don't think they watch. But all of a sudden, Brie isn't on. I don't know if she's trying to tell something. I mean, she didn't really get injured that much. Uh, and obviously, we had uh, I mean, all we did on SmackDown. We we opened the show on SmackDown with Miz TV. Daniel Bryan was the... I don't know if he was meant to be... Oh, no, so Maurice was the guest. I should have said that. Um, sorry, my ups and downs, but I didn't say it, whatever. But the Miz... You know, Marie said she was going to go away for a while. Daniel Bryan came out, and then they teased that Marie had got hurt when the Miz had thrown into her. It turned out to be a trick, but Daniel Bryan didn't care, and he beat them all up anyway. So, you know, the good guy was outsmarted the heels, which we probably needed before. We do indeed go back to Australia, where they're having a number one contenders match. I mean, you see how convoluted this all is? It's really, really, really messy. And if they then have that... I mean, where do they have the match? I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I mean, t- oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot. Uh, as was the, you know, talking about being overbooked and messy, that's kind of how I saw the main event of Raw this week as well, which was Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns. They, you know, the, the point was is that we have a rogue GM that's doing whatever he wants. He knew Roman Reigns was hurt after his Braun Strowman clash in Hell in a Cell. So he books himself in a match and he was kind of goading the referee beforehand backstage. And eventually he loses his temper. He throws a chair into Roman Reigns' face. That gets him DQ, but he's the GM, right? He can do whatever he wants, so he restarts the match. Now, the if he's the GM, why don't he just make himself champion? That's the only problem when you kind of you know integrate yourself into matches as well as being in charge. It's like, well, why did you do this and why did you do that? And again, you make you, you make your holes glaringly glaringly more obvious than they need to be. So I do think that that that's an issue as well. But anyway, once he restarted the match, everybody just came out. So Braun Strowman was there, Seth Rollins was there, Dean Ambrose was there. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, may have just said them, I can't remember. But it was just a big schmoz fest. And again, it was just to provide distractions so that when Roman Reigns hit the spear on Corbin for the one, two, three, there was so much going on, you weren't really concentrating on that. We can't keep doing that each and every week. A lot of people say they think this is getting to WCW territories. I don't think that's the case at all. I was watching some WCW the other day, Bash at the Beats 2000. It's not that bad. I mean, that is seeing um, Jeff Jarrett lie down for Hulk Hogan. And then Vince Russo cut that promo. Oh, it's just awful. You may as well take what wrestling is and flush it down the toilet. So that really, uh, that, 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 that really sucked. Uh, we also had Ronda Rousey defeating Alexa Bliss at the pay-per-view. That was fine. And while I go through it, I think I did quite well prediction-wise. I don't know. I don't have my predictions in front of me. But New Day, Rusev Day, I said New Day. Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, I said Randy Orton for the exact reason why it happened. Becky Lynch and Charlotte. I actually think I said Charlotte to win there because I thought they'd give Becky the title evolution. So that's wrong. I said Dolphin Drew would retain. I also said Samoa Joe would win. So that's two I'm down. But I said Miz and Maurice. I said Ronda Rousey. And I said Roman Reigns. That's six out of eight. That ain't, that ain't too bad predicting at all. So I'm quite proud about that. Again, you can get involved in all these kind of prediction games over on the Facebook group, just search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Podcast, where you can also ask questions for the weekly Q&A that we'll get into in around about 20 minutes or so, or maybe a bit less, because I definitely want to get some Q&A in there. And, and again, I keep looking at the clock and, and getting the fear. But no, I thought Hell in the Cell was decent. I did. I, I don't think it was anywhere near as bad as it could have been, given what some people's opinions were going in. I think the real issue was the Raw and the SmackDown that came out of it. Because we are... I think maybe it's the turnaround. We don't let anything stick these days 
Because, you know, we're already building to the Australian show, which is next on October the 5th. Undertaker was on Raw, cut out, cut, you know, cut the the standard Taker promo, but it's still cool to see The Undertaker on Raw. I think that's fair to say. Some people, you know, oh, he's a veteran, he won't need to see him anymore. Well, it, 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 there is still something to it, I think. You know, it's, it's still fun. It's still The Undertaker. And the real, uh, the real question is where we go from here. Because The Undertaker's announcement was that he's going to have Kane in his corner. I said the mayor of Knoxville knocks him down. I meant the mayor of Knox County. That's just a slip of the tongue. Because in Triple H's corner is going to be Shawn Michaels. And apparently, even though we're being told that it's the last ever match between The Undertaker and Triple H, that's only a half-truth, because then at the Saudi Arabia show, Shawn Michaels has been paid an incredible amount of money to come out of retirement. Now, whatever Shawn Michaels wants to do, Shawn Michaels is allowed to do. Like We're just you know pundits or cr- critiques, whatever you want to call it, whatever. You know, it's not, it's not, for, it's not for me to say, and good on the man. If they're going to pay him a fortune and he wants to do it, that's, you know, that's neither here nor there, as far as I'm concerned. However, well, it's twofold. One, I find it strange that, you know, this Australian show it does seemingly being used just to set up another, another event. That, that seems bizarre to me. I know that's all wrestling is, but again, these don't feel like they fit into the WWE narrative for me. These feel like the shows that have been paid for or whatever. They feel out of the sphere, and they kind of feel a bit nonchalant, which, you know, which I don't like. But... Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement to do a tag match in Saudi Arabia. Now, I'm sure it will be like, it's not going to be, what's the word I'm looking for? But it's not going to be a serious match. If it's DX versus the Brothers of Destructions in Saudi Arabia, there'll be a lot of bells and whistles. There'll be a lot of fun, a lot of crotch dropping, a lot of DX antics. I assume we'll get that version of DX. And again, I imagine a lot of people would just love seeing Shawn Michaels back in the ring a few times. He can do sweet chin music, probably can get away with the elbow drop, the kip up. You know, he won't do anything too crazy, I'd imagine, and, and that will be enough. But it does, and I, I don't actually think he would do it if it was over here in the States or, or on a, pro, a quote-unquote proper pay-per-view like WrestleMania. I don't know. I could be utterly wrong. I mean, the man blocked me on Twitter, so <laughs> maybe, maybe I shouldn't say anything about this at all. But to me, there is just something more special or more invigorating, not the right word, but I use it because I like it, about Shawn Michaels staying retired and retiring like he did. I think there is some, it is a bit poetic that he is one of the guys that didn't come back. You know, we had all the mentions that maybe he did the OJ Styles match at the Royal Rumble last year. That doesn't happen. There was a Daniel Bryan tease when he even attacked Daniel Bryan, but that didn't go anywhere and apparently he never you know, was meant to either. So to do this, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily need to see The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels again, even within this guise. Don't necessarily need to see Shawn Michaels team up with Triple H's DX in that in that kind of partnership either. I'll be the first to admit I was never the biggest fan of DX. Uh, I don't know why. Nothing really in particular. It's just when you're a kid, you kind of gravitate towards certain things and they weren't really... Uh, I enjoyed them, but they weren't my guys, as people said. So I do find that, I do find that fascinating. And you've also got to ask yourself... Is it a benefit to dedicate all this time to people that are quote-unquote part-timers? Certainly didn't help with Raw. You know, Raw did a bad rating this week. Not a bad rating, but certainly it didn't do better than last week coming out of a pay-per-view. And that is with The Undertaker heavily advertised to talk about everything happening in Australia. So, you know, you had the potential that maybe you did see a Triple H or a Shawn Michaels. I don't think anyone thought about Kane, but we, we know that now. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a very interesting time in professional wrestling at the moment, or I should say in WWE, because, I mean, this has always been the way, but they've certainly settled into a pattern these days, which does mostly revolve around, you know, around Roman Reigns. And what do we do when we come at the back of this Saudi Arabia show as well? Because then, 
the Survivor Series is your next match after after that. Given the amount of groups and whatnot in WWE, I don't think you're going to get a straight-up Universal title match there. No idea what the December pay-per-view is. I'll try and find it now if I can, uh, which is always uh, fun when we are uh, doing a live podcast. But there's Crown Jewel. Then we've got NXT TakeOver War Games, and then that just stops my Wikipedia clicking, which sucks. Let's type in WWE pay-per-view December 2018. Um, this is not this is not the way to do it. Imagine you're listening to this. You're like, oh, we, we're getting a good flow there, Simon. And all of a sudden, uh, we've jumped across. Uh, it's TLC, of course. It's TLC. So we have TLC. That's in San Jose, California. Again, it's not a massive. You know, it's, it's not a massive show. And then we go into the Royal Rumble, and then it's WrestleMania season again. And so really, we may not get any decent Universal feud, Universal title feuds until the beginning of the year. Just because, I mean, I got it here. We may as well go through the dates. October 26th, Super Showdown. October 28th, so what, three weeks, four weeks later, Evolution. Which kind of stands by itself because it's an all-women pay-per-view. I hope it does well, and I hope WWE treats that, <coughs> excuse me, like the big deal that it is. But then four days later, or five days later, it's November 2nd, you've got Crown Jewel. Two weeks after that Survivor Series, then we get a bit of a break, and there's over a month into TLC, or around a month till TLC. Both of which are in California, by the way, Survivor Series and TLC. Don't know whether this information is correct, but that seems, uh, that seems weird. So I, I think I said this at the end of Ups and Downs, but I think w, Raw especially, and SmackDown too, feels a little bit rudderless at the moment. Uh, there are sort of cool things going on beneath the surface, but it lacks that pop. And I'm hoping that can come back from anywhere. You never know. But I hope that magic something, that, you know, that reason to watch uh, reappears soon because and I still watch it. I mean, I like it regardless. I always find a way to enjoy WWE. I just think it's entertaining if you, you know, approach it in an entertaining way. For example, my favorite thing on you know, both Raw and SmackDown at the moment uh, you know, crazily, how I got into this, I don't know. But I think uh, Bobby Lashley teaming up with Leo Rush is one of the most inspired decisions WWE's made in ages. Apparently, Vince McMahon is now, you know, he's high on the likes of managers again. Hence why, you know, Carmella was managing R-Truth and Lana's back with Rusev. You've got Leo Rush managing Bobby Lashley, Drake Maverick in charge of AOP. But I just think that partnership of Bobby Lashley and it's, I know Leo Rush comes across like a little annoying dweeb, but I don't care. It worked. I enjoyed his rambling on commentary and his bigging up of Bobby Lashley. And I enjoyed him getting chased away by Kevin Owens and doing all the flips. And Lashley threw him into everybody. Again, Elias and Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush is not a match I thought I wanted. But it, it just works because I enjoy Kevin Owens. Elias does the same shtick every week, but he makes it work. I think Lashley is underused. I think he proved in TNA that he's far better... Um, than he was round one in WWE. I think he went away and he really, you know, polished himself off in in, uh, in TNA. And Leo Rush just has something about him. Like, I've, I've you know, never really seen him much in the indie scene. I caught a few of the things I think he did on 205 Live. But he's certainly, you know, my uh, the amount of knowledge I have of him is limited at best. But I thought, I just, I don't know something about him. It's something about him that it works. And if you want to turn Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush heel at some point, I think you may have money there. And again, I'm all for managers being brought back because I just think it's more entertaining. You don't want to go crazy. I don't all of a sudden want to see loads of managers everywhere because that would be too much. At the moment, the balance is probably quite good. But, you know, Drake Maggart doesn't really do much for AOP, but it works. And if it's a reason to all of a sudden give them a push again, which they have done, they squashed two jobbers on Raw this week, then fine, that's great. And, yeah, there's an entertaining visual I mean, my only worry is that you've got the same kind of idea with Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush that you do with AOP and Drake Maverick, right? Small dude with, with big dudes. So I think sometimes WWE falls into a pattern of just doing the same thing. Usually they do it over Raw and SmackDown. But um, yeah, so I'm a bit... I, I don't want them to, to, to do that because, 
again, you can water down concepts very quickly if you don't, you know, keep writing for them and keep them interesting and keep them evolving. But, we, you know, I, I, I do like it. I guess we should also talk about the fact that Rusev Day have split up. Now, I, I, I've always been against Rusev Day splitting up, as you'll know, if you watch any of my What Culture stuff or listen to these podcasts, because I don't think WWE ever gave them a fair crack of the whip. And also, I don't think Aiden English... I think Aiden English will just disappear onto main event without that partnership. That's not Aiden English's fault. I just feel like that's the way that WWE sees him, and that sucks. So... I mean, there's potential... Okay, but like this. I didn't like the way they did it. I thought it was silly. Like, you had Rusev going, oh, you know, I'm going to win this evening because you're not in the match and you lost the Hell in the Cell, forgetting that Aiden English got them into the Hell in the Cell match in the first place. And then all of a sudden, you know, Aiden English was mad and he was shouting and then he was going heel at the end of the match and he attacked Rusev, distracted him for Shinsuke Nakamura to get the win. I mean, the the silver lining is that Aiden English is the heel and Rusev is going to be the face. Or at least that's the way it's been set up. I don't know what's going to happen next week. And Rusev has been, you know, wanting to turn face for me for, you know, ever since the beginning of the year when the whole Rusev Day thing blew up. So if we can actually use this to finally make that happen, then hell yeah. You know, let's do it. Let's, Let's see how that works rather than keep him in this pseudo, you know, gray area where we don't know, where we don't know really what we're supposed to do with him. And maybe the feud will be all right. I don't think WWE's going to stick with it for very long. I imagine Rusev wins. But the, I don't know. I just, I, it just felt like it was done for the sake of doing it as opposed for having an actual reason to do it. And that I never like. I don't think that ever works. I think it's one of the reasons the New Day have been so successful because they've never allowed anybody to do that. And nor should they. You know, nor, nor should they at all. Because the New Day don't need to break up. And if you ever want to send them on single titles runs, they can stay together. They can be a posse. They just happen to now do things outside of what the group originally was. And I think that WWE sometimes doesn't do that enough. Because, just because again, just because you can break people up doesn't mean that you should. If you can come up with a good story or you've got a plan for someone, like maybe you think, oh, we can do with this day in English, but we need to separate him from the pack, then great. But we don't. It seems like it's being teased for age. It's like Sasha Banks and Bailey. You know, they, they started doing all that stuff because they felt like they could. Then they realized they had absolutely, you know, no idea where they were going to go with it. Now they're just a team. And a Raw, they weren't doing anything. Bailey just beat, oh, who did she beat? Uh, I can't remember who the hell she faced. Oh, Dana Brooke. She just beat Dana Brooke randomly. And then she was away again. Sasha Banks was there. She was happy for her friend. I liked all the Connors Cure stuff beforehand. I know a lot of people think that's too on the nose. Don't care. If you see... Kids that are going through a hard time having that moment on a on a you know a piece of entertainment that they love do that all day for I care it, it puts things in perspective for me so I'm a big I'm a big fan of that but I don't I just, it just seems like a lot of stuff's done because we can pull the trigger on it and then we'll see what we'll do afterwards and I'm, I'm not a fan of that uh, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe I'm a little bit worried I'm not worried about it that's that's too extreme I just feel like Hell in the Cell was the time to give Samoa Joe the title much as Nakamura should have won it at Wrestlemania or whatever or Backlash whatever the pay-per-view after that was and we didn't and now look where Nakamura is sure he's the US champion but he's playing background material as we break up Rusev Day and I don't want that to happen to Samoa Joe and given that on Smackdown you know, AJ Styles beat Andrade Cien Almas in a very good match like I know Andrade loses all the time but he's hanging with all the best guys on the roster which means they must have plans for him, or at least they must be high on him. So I think the future's bright for him. And remember what it was like in NXT at one point when he was really floundering. That is great news. But he attacks AJ Styles after the match. And even then, AJ Styles still gets the upper hand. And Samoa Joe has to go packing with his tail between his legs. I just, I don't get it. I mean, are we actually going to do a title change in Australia? Maybe. 
because it would convince fans from other countries, you know, these shows aren't just throwaway. You know, we are trying to make a big deal. And you saw the WWE Championship change hands. But the problem is that AJ Styles could just win it back in Saudi Arabia. And then you kind of negated that point. Or you could argue you've told it twice, I guess. But to me, it's just a stopgap. I just don't want what happened to Shinsuke Nakamura to happen to Samoa Joe. That's my worry. That really, really is my major worry. Because I think Samoa Joe right now is doing some of the best material he's ever done. And he's doing it. On the you know on the biggest stage that there is, you can argue that all you want, but but he is. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot. To, there's a lot to get into there, but we'll, but we'll see how it plays plays out. A lot of people not on Raw or SmackDown this week either. There was no Finn Balor. There was no R Truth or Canelo on SmackDown. There was someone else I noticed. I mean, Nia Jax came back on Raw, so that was fine. Jinder Mahal, he's vanished from all. I mean, that experiment's done clearly. I will say the Bobby Roode and Chad Gable stuff is growing on me just a little bit. I don't need to see them face the Ascension every week. That just sounds like we've got no ideas for them whatsoever. But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about that. I think if we turn Bobby Roode heel at the right time and they have a few. Chad Gable is so good that we, yeah, that there could be something there. Certainly far more than I than I first assumed. When they did it, I thought I thought it was crazy. So we'll see. Uh, we will see. In non-WWE news, uh, well, it's still WWE news, really. Apparently, Impact Wrestling officials and WWE officials met up this week. We don't know why. It hasn't been confirmed. It is, uh, you know, just... It seems that so many people are reporting it. It certainly seems likely that it's true. It doesn't sound like, you know, it's kind of just murmurings. But it could be anything. I mean, the Impact Wrestling and WWE relationship is far better now than it has been in a long time. You know, they've certainly allowed WWE to use certain footage of the Hardy documentary. There's a lot of TNA stuff uh, stuff in that. And, you know, in the, in the report that was broken by PW Insider, it even says, since Impact was purchased by Anthem Media, WWE has worked with the company on several occasions, paying to license material from their video library for use on the WWE Network, most notably the Hardy Boys Broken Universe material and AJ Styles related content so it could just be something they have planned in the books you know once every six months we'll get together and we'll chat maybe there's more to it maybe WWE's interested in buying impact I mean that is the extreme and the conspiracy theory version uh, but I've done a video for this about it, for what culture which I employ to watch once it once it goes up let's say that WWE does want to buy impact I mean I, I don't see necessarily why that would be a bad thing depending on what the rules are because impact is actually a lot better these days if you haven't watched it and you have access i would certainly you know say go and try try it out to see see what you think of it but it still only gets on a good day around about three hundred thousand viewers a week on pop i think if you put it on the network and you did a good job promoting it it could easily do that and if you want to kind of use it as an ecw wwe situation when you know an ecw dudes would always just jump on raw all the time you're like who the hell's that guy I don't necessarily think that would be the worst thing in the world. I mean, my, the, the thing for me is that no one is ever going to be able to compete with WWE properly now. They're, they're too big. You know, they're making money hand over fist for this Australia show, the Saudi Arabia show, all the TV deals. So the only people that's ever going to pop the WWE bubble is WWE. Therefore, if you want to, you have to kind of compete in a different way. And if Impact and WWE have a good relationship and they can come up with something, you know, where it ticks everyone's boxes and everybody can benefit and there's more places to work. I understand that that's more people going under the, the, the WWE umbrella, which that, you know, that could suck. There's no two ways about it. That may be, that may be really bad, but I'd be intrigued to see what they can do, even if it is just more of a working relationship with their library to, to use older footage to promote the stars that used to be there. And TNA, or Impact, I should say, have said themselves, they don't really have an exclusive agreement with wrestlers anymore. They're free to take characters and go work elsewhere. Maybe there's a, a scenario where 
those dudes can work a, a 205 Live or a network special like the, the Cruiserweight tournament that they did, Cruiserweight Classic. So it's certainly interesting. Uh, I, I'm not against it. And again, if it helps everybody, I'm all for it. I don't think we'll ever actually get the you know the knowledge of what happened unless we're meant to. It certainly sounds like everyone's going to be, be tight-lipped about it. But hey, it was a story. I felt like we should chat about it, and we did chat about it. I also wanted to chat about a tweet that Cody Rhodes did, which I'm now desperately looking for. There it is. Uh, Cody Rhodes did a tweet when he was talking about the fans, and he said this, The crowds are never the problem, ever. They could have 1,000 beach balls or not boo the individual they're supposed to. The only thing they're supposed to do is have a good time, and it's our job to find out how to engage them and keep engaging them. And he also just said he doesn't believe in faces or heels anymore because you have to you know, adopt a different persona depending on the crowd. And I really like this attitude. Like, I still think that companies should book with faces and heels in mind. Like, take the ending of SmackDown this week. They're clear, WWE's clearly trying to get Becky Lynch over as a heel now. They haven't listened to the response at all. But the fans are like, well, we don't give a shit, man. We're going to cheer the hell out of Becky Lynch anyway. And they did that. Even when she called Charlotte a bitch and beat her up, put her in the disarmor, they weren't booing Charlotte, but they certainly weren't booing Becky Lynch either. And it's mostly because Becky Lynch and this character is a badass. I don't think she's the new Stone Cold, but she certainly acts like Stone Cold and she can certainly pull it off. And that, you know, that is saying something no end. But I just think it's really good to hear someone like Cody Rhodes, who's clearly a student of the business and right now having the time of his life within it, get that that is where wrestling currently is. And I'm sure the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega all understand that too. But it would be probably a benefit for WWE to take that on board as well. Like I said earlier, I think we need something new. We need some kind of injection of something when it comes to to the WWE. So if you book Becky Lynch as a heel, but all of a sudden she's being cheered, why can't you have a bit of fun with it? doesn't mean you have to turn Charlotte heel, but at the moment it still feels like there's, again, this resentment about this isn't what the fans are supposed to do, as Cody said. So we're going to fight it tooth and nail until hopefully it works out, which is dumb. Because now on Raw, you obviously got Roman Reigns. We know about that. We're not going to talk about it again. But on SmackDown, you've got the antithesis to this. We got the anti-Roman Reigns. We're all cheering. <laughs> we're all cheering Becky Lynch. And by the looks of things, we're not going to stop because why the hell would we? What would be the point in that? So very interesting uh, to, to say the least. But I saw that tweet. And it just made me smile. It just made me smile because like Cody Rhodes, man, no wonder you're doing so well. You just get it. And I think, and I think he does get it. Uh, we've also had the WWE Mixed Max Challenge started. I'm not going to lie. It's not really something I go out of my way to, to look for. Apparently, Alexa Bliss had to give up her spot for Ember Moon, who's now teaming with Braun Strowman because she's injured. Don't know if that's a work or not. Probably isn't because I think she's been pulled for WWE events as well, upcoming ones. So I hope she's all right. Again, I know it's on Facebook Watch. It's a great way to get the product out there. But yeah, I just, it doesn't. It doesn't I, I see enough wrestling in a week that I don't have to go and seek out the Mixed Match Challenge. But I think we've got AJ Styles and Charlotte Fair versus Jimmy Uso and Naomi, as well as Braun Strowman and Ember Moon versus Kevin Owens and Natalia. If you watch it and you like it, let me know. I'm always intrigued to see to see what people think uh, think about that stuff. But yeah, I wasn't. I just don't need any more wrestling in my life. I feel like we could have taken that. The thing is, I wouldn't mind more wrestling if it wasn't sort of direct wrestling. If if Facebook had taken on something, I'm not saying you know specifically like this, but like something with you know talking smack and put that there, then it gives me a reason to 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 tune in. But just having around Robin tournament, which I know is a bit like the G1, but still, come on, they're not going to treat it the same. I just don't need to do it. I just have no reason to ever see more wrestling. Whereas if they're doing something else, like a punditry show, then maybe I think I will tune in or I will watch it in the archive. Because, you know, because why the hell not? 
There was also, and we'll do this before we answer question. There was an interesting Instagram post on WWE's Instagram page where the company, I mean, they don't say they teased the following matches, but it just had a, a, it had a question that said, with the 1,000th episode of WWE SmackDown live on the horizon, can we have these matches, please? And they were. I mean, they're not going to do this. They are not going to give away these matches on free TV, even if it is the 1,000th episode of SmackDown. But it was Kurt Angle versus Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio, Charlotte Flair versus Michelle McCall, The Bar versus the APA, and Samoa Joe versus Batista. Again, Batista is not just going to... I don't think it's going to happen anyway. But I don't know whether there's anything in that. Probably not. It's probably just to get idiots like me talking about it. But as I saw lots of other people talking about it, I thought I would, uh, I thought I would throw, it, throw it out there. Which I've done. I've thrown, thrown it out there. And just as I've said, that ups and downs from SmackDown has just gone live. So if you want to, uh, if you want to go and watch that, I implore that you do. That you'd make it. And if you go, go watch all my content on What Culture. The more views I can do, the better. Go watch all the Y videos. Uh, the loads went up this week, and yeah, the more views they can do, the better. So, yes, that would be great. Right, let's answer some questions quickly as uh, the, the clock continues to count down and gives me the fear. I only put it up when I started the podcast just because I've been running around like an idiot, so I do have to apologize. It's just one of those weeks. But I get through all of them, and then we can sign off, and I can talk to you again soon. Uh, we start with Afonso Coimbra. What do you think should be the main event of Evolution, and why should it be Becky versus Charlotte? Thanks for your birthday wish last week. It meant a lot to me. Don't you worry about it, my friend. I hope you had a lovely day. It probably should be Becky versus... I don't know anymore, actually, because if Becky Lynch was going to win the title, then I'd probably say that it should be. But I actually think she's going to hold on to it for a while. So I don't necessarily think that we need to do that in the main event anymore. And they're not going to anyway, because it's going to be Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella, or so it seems. They started teasing that on Raw. One of the worst segments on Raw I've seen when Ronda... Well, how do I do an open challenge? You just go out there and challenge someone. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> it's just absolutely bizarre. But if they do want to do Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella, like they deem Nikki Bella to be, you know, quite important within the the WWE sphere. And obviously, Ronda Rousey is Ronda Rousey, a huge a huge mainstream star. So that will be the main event. Uh, what we do there, I don't know. How we book it, I don't know. I don't think Ronda Rousey should lose the title for a while. Don't think that Nikki Bella needs to be the the, the women's champion on Raw. I don't think that's a thing. I mean, you know. Does anybody want to see that? Maybe you do. I don't think it adds to her character. I don't think it helps the belt. It's just one of those things that, you know, that could happen. But I don't think it'll be Becky versus Charlotte. I think Ronda will be in the main event regardless. I just hope they treat Evolution with the gravitas that it deserves. Not just because it's the first all-women's pay-per-view, but because it's a pay-per-view. And I don't want all this Saudi Arabia and uh, Australia stuff to get in the way just because it makes WWE more money. I don't think that helps, and I don't think it's necessarily the best idea. Michael Burns, reverse atomic drop or atomic drop? Probably the reverse one. <coughs> Excuse me. The reverse is when they're looking away from you, right? That's much better. Isn't it weird that no one does atomic drops anymore? The last person, I mean, there probably is, and I can't remember them, but the last one I can remember doing it is Shawn Michaels. He used to do them all the time. Why isn't it illegal as well? You're not just kneeing somebody in the balls. WWE needs to get its rules straight. We talked about the Hell in the Cell stuff with that all changing. But that is pretty much a knee in the balls. It was like the headbutt by the Dudleys. Why were the Dudleys allowed to do a flying headbutt into the balls, but it was never uh, a DQ? At least I don't think it was ever a DQ. But when Goldust was much more in your face with it and just run and kick somebody in the testicles, that was bad. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Well, talking about balls as well, going back to my point earlier, why does Nakamura not exist anymore? It really, really, really pisses me off. We should be doing more with Nakamura. It just makes this the champ. The Intercontinental Champion, and we had that on Raw as well, actually. We had Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins in, the, in Dolph Ziggler's rematch for the IC Championship. He lost. Both those belts just feel 
like no one cares and I don't get it. It'd make the show so much better. For, what do I know? Uh, Frank McDaniels, what's your favorite Raw Rumble? Well, 1992 was Ric Flair, wasn't it? That is, you know, that is a that is a great Raw Rumble. I'm just going to look it up now. But yeah, that one is uh, that one is it's just brilliant. I think because not only do you get, especially these days, not only do you get that nostalgic whimsy, but seeing Ric Flair in that role, which to me really is peak. That's my favorite Ric Flair anyway. And Mr. Perfect's great, and Bobby Heenan's great, having like heart attacks pretty much throughout the whole thing. I just, it's just great to watch now and again, feel all whimsical and nostalgic about, about the past. And also play the Who's Dead game. Don't do that. It's depressing. But man, <laughs> you watch any of those shows, a lot of people, they have died. It, it, it's horrible. Outside of that, though, I, again, I'm just following the, the trend, but it's true. I like the 2001 Raw Rumble, West Stone Cold, Steve Austin, uh, Steve Austin one. It's just a really good Raw Rumble. It's also when Kane goes nuts and gets 11 uh, eliminations. And I think he's the last person that Austin eliminates as well. And obviously it builds to WrestleMania 17, which, you know, is one of the best matches ever too. So I do have, what's the one I do? I mean, I don't, I know it's bad. I know it's shite, but I do like, <laughs> I do like the one where Vince McMahon won just because it's so preposterous. I mean, it's so, it's so bad. It's good. It kind of, you know, it kind of flips around and also the end of the 2008 Royal Rumble is that when John Cena came out at number 30 I think you know sometimes again if the finish of a match is good everybody forgets about everything else and I think that was the case there it was just so well done it was hard to it was hard to hate anything else that we've seen plus it was one of the last shows or at least one of the last shows that I can remember where we had the old Madison Square Garden um what do you call it uh, entrance cam, you know, the cam, the hard cam was looking at the entrance, and I always liked that. I don't know, it just felt different to me, and I like different. Um, my Facebook has just reset. There we go. Uh, Alex White, thoughts on Renee Young on commentary so far? Well, I will say this I think everything she'd done up to Raw this week was excellent. I think she had something different to the commentary team. I think having a female voice is right in 2018 and I think it's something that we need and I actually thought she's better than coach regardless but I actually thought her first second and maybe third time I don't know how many times she's done it before Raw this week she did offer something new and I quite enjoyed the ways that she chipped in but I will say it wasn't bad this week on Raw but it certainly it felt like to me because the dust had settled and the sheen had come off of it maybe she was being managed a little bit more because that happens on commentary if you don't know Vince McMahon apparently is very very vocal on commentary you know through through the headset so you have to learn how to how to deal with that I don't know I'm poor so much there I was just trying to think of a way to phrase it I think maybe this he was a bit too full-on and that was kind of Rene Young adjusting to it I don't know if that's true I could be making that up that could be absolute balls but yeah I, I think she's good overall my my opinions on it are i think that she's really good i think that in the long run it will definitely be for the best and either way she's better than coach and i didn't mind coach just that coach sometimes said really daft things i was like what do you say that for that doesn't help but I, mean, I think by and large the commentary overall at the moment is not great they just they don't talk like normal people like who out there rusev promo this week on smackdown as well he didn't sound like a normal person I don't get it. I don't get it when we get these overly scripted promos. It blows my brain, but hey-ho, what are you going to do? Not much. It is what it is. Uh, Paul Angel, if you could captain a Survivor Series team, which babyface team would you pick to join you, and who would your heel opponents be? I like how you made me a babyface, Paul. Everyone does that. I appreciate it. Well, I'm guessing you mean right now, and well, I'll do it right now, modern day anyway. 
So Rusev's just turned face. He can join me. I've got to take Roman Reigns, because if Roman Reigns is on my team, I'll probably win. That's three. AJ Styles. And one more. Kurt Hawkins is a face, right? I want Kurt Hawkins to I want Kurt Hawkins to do more. So that's my team. And we're going to be taking on Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, uh, Kevin Owens, Elias, and Samoa Joe. Good match, that, right? Book it, Vince. Miles Hammer. That's a good name. What's the, what's the fan appeal? Oh, we kind of talked about this earlier, but we'll talk about it again. Of seeing old-timers such as The Undertaker drag out their retirement for months and years beyond their use-by date. I'm not trolling and respect the heck out of Taker for his years of loyalty and service, but this latest run and that appalling WrestleMania karaoke match... WrestleMania karaoke match? Do you mean the stuff with Cena this year? Uh, I like that match. Are turning his mystique and presence to acid in front of our eyes. What's to get excited about anymore? Much love, MPS. Get well now. <laughs> Thank you, man. I think when it comes to the likes of The Undertaker and what they're doing now, you are 100% right. They are past their peak. You can argue that they've jumped the shark. But the reason they're allowed to keep doing it... We're not allowed to keep doing it. But the reason that it's okay that they've kept doing it is because clearly it's something they enjoy. Clearly it's something they don't want to give up. Because don't forget, once you give it up, you've given it up. I mean, not within wrestling, but you know what I mean? Like Eventually, you do have to walk away. And once that, when that happens, well, that's not true. But you don't want to be a football player, right? I'm, I'm more addressing that, but that's what happens. And I think that's why they're, it's okay that they do. He clearly gets a kick out of it. He clearly doesn't want to draw a line under it for good. And you're right. Maybe everything we're getting now is diminishing returns. But I never buy into this theory that it affects anything that came before. You can still go back and enjoy all that. You still have the good memories. And The Undertaker still changed the game in many ways, especially when it comes to gimmicks. So I don't agree with it in that sense. But I, I do understand what you're saying. Uh, yes, it's not... And again, you know, we're getting The Undertaker versus Triple H in Australia. Do I care? Not really. I'll enjoy it. And then if we get that tag match, will I care? Not really, but I'll enjoy it. That's not really the, you know, the badder boom that you want in 2018. So I certainly understand your point. But look, he's The Undertaker. He's been doing it 20-so years. I'm happy for him to keep going as long as he wants, even if it's not the same as it once was. Christian Brown. He's got loads of questions. We'll roll through them. Tell me how much you love and agree with this. The word scribble on the bottom is franchise in case you have trouble reading it. Dark Souls, the best franchise ever. Well, that's not a wrestling question, Christian. But as we all know, Dark Souls is pants. So these are all bizarre. Two, why then do the ma why what why then do the macarena is either chocolate milk or scrambled eggs the best form of oh, I see right. So why is either chocolate milk or scrambled eggs the best form of protein? Uh, well, chocolate milk isn't. <laughs> scrambled eggs is good. Why are either dogs, goats, or orangutans the best animal to befriend? Well, I've never befriended any, so I can't answer. But I would like to be friends with an orangutan. Um, why don't you have healing powers like Wolverine? <laughs> Get well, damn it. The world needs grown bald men running around in singlets. I agree. Uh, as a quick update on that, I have a hospital appointment in two weeks. And that's D-Day for me. Finally, we've had lots of these. But I've been told to use my arm. I'm not training and stuff, but use my arm as if it was okay. So I've started wiggling it around in videos again. And if it's still bad, then we're just going to have to operate. And I will tell you uh, what that means for the podcast when that happens. It will still go, but we'll have to jig things around a little bit. And why do you love me even though we never met face to face? And also because I'm an ass. I do love you, Christian. You're a good guy. Thank you for the questions. Josh Gartside. How would you book an AJ Styles heel turn? And who would offer the best feud on the current roster? P.S. Love your content and positive outlook. Thank you, Josh. It's all about being positive. 
Well, I think we could. I, mean, I, I don't think we should turn AJ Styles heel now. I think it's a bad time, and I think he's over, over as a face. It would be it would be a mistake. With that said, I think we could have used everything we did at Survivor, Survivor Series at Hell in a Cell to do it right because AJ Styles, if he was a good guy champion, could have come out. I can't remember if I said this earlier. I definitely said it on ups and downs. Could have come out and said, "Oh man, I'm." Re I did say this earlier. I'm repeating myself, but still, I'm relinquishing the title because I didn't win in the right way, and I want to win it back. That would make a really interesting story, but. If you want to turn him heel, you have him say that. But then he says, but I'm not going to relinquish the title because I don't want to. And you start planting these seeds. doesn't mean you turn Samoa Joe face. But again, it's a catalyst. We can let that play out over weeks and months. So I would do that. And then, I mean, there's not, this is the only problem. There's not that many good faces on SmackDown at the moment. I mean, probably Daniel Bryan, right? A heel AJ Styles versus a good guy Daniel Bryan. If AJ Styles has proper uh, reasoning for turning, that ain't the worst thing in the world. So I'll go. I, I'd like to see that. Yes, I think that I think that would be good. Or bring Finn Balor over there. Finn Balor ain't turning up on Raw. Put him on SmackDown. And do something with him. Nick Palmer with Leo Rush, Drake Maverick taking manager roles, and Leo even calling himself Bobby's manager. It seems Vince has done a 180 on his stance on managers. One, is this a good thing for AOP and Lashley, or are managers not needed in these cases? As we said earlier, I think it's wonderful. I like them so much. Two, can you think of anyone else desperately in need of a manager mouthpiece? I think Ronda Rousey would benefit. I don't think her promos are terrible, but I just think having that there for when she needs it would be good. Uh, again, someone like Finn Balor could probably use it too, just because he needs to get back in the scene, and apparently the way to get pushed again is to get a manager. So that would be good. Otherwise, no. Like Kevin Owens doesn't need one. You know, he, he smashes it all the time. Anyway, Daniel Bryan doesn't need one. The Miz, not in a million years. The Miz will probably be a good manager for somebody else. There probably are a few other people on the roster, but again, I don't think we need to overdo this because I think that ruins the concept a little bit. I think the balance right now is good. And I'm sure there'll be more people that come up that, that need one or that would benefit from one. Maybe like an Alistair Black or something like that. But... Right now, the balance works, or it does for me anyway. Sammy Ellis, what do you think is the most underrated finisher in WWE? Mine, personally, is Cesaro's neutralizer. Well, it won on SmackDown. It beat Kofi Kingston, did he fight? I think it was Kofi Kingston. So uh, it's back. I like Drew McIntyre's Claymore kick. I think that looks awesome. Uh, it just looks like it kills the guy. Otherwise, I don't really think there is any. Under, under you, under, underrated. Underrated, underrated, underrated. No, I, I, I think I'll go with the... But it's not underrated, the Claymore kick. People go nuts, and it's killing fools left, right, and center. I think the neutralizer is probably a good one. Otherwise, no, I think finishes are okay at the moment. We don't, we don't see too many... We do see kickouts. We don't see too many kickouts. It's, it certainly feels, feels more, again, much like the managers. It feels better balanced than it has done. Carla Sanaz, when do you think we'll see a full Hogan return on live television? I don't know if we can do it. There was so much backlash even to putting him back in the Hall of Fame and the backstage stuff. I also don't see what WWE gets out of it. And I also don't think we should forgive him. No, no, no. Forgiveness is good. But I don't necessarily think we need to put him back on television just because he's Hulk Hogan. I did a video. The best thing I can say about this, if you go watch my Why Hulk Hogan Shouldn't Come Back to TV or WWE, whatever it was on What Culture, that's the best way to put it. I don't need to see him on TV anymore. Everything that happened has, I'll be a medic, you don't have to agree with me, but it soured my opinion massively on Hulk Hogan. I think the words he said were deplorable to say the least. And of course, forgiveness and, you know, accepting an apology is important. It's not my apology to accept or forgive. But just personally, as a wrestling fan, I don't want to see him back. But I imagine if they do do it, it'll probably be at WrestleMania, right? It'd be so much 
uh, hype and you know enthusiasm around it, that's probably where, I hate saying this term, but it's true, you could get away with it the most. So I would imagine WrestleMania. Or maybe something like a Royal Rumble. Or maybe just a random Raw. Maybe you do do it on a round. Maybe do it on the sm- 1,000 SmackDown. You know? I don't know. Lee Fallon's bit soon, but who do you think is going to get called up after WrestleMania? Johnny Gagano and Ciampa probably can get called up now. I mean, you know, you could have them in NXT forever, but they've done so much, I think, that you could. Uh, same with Alistair Black. They'll probably call up the Velveteen Dream, although I think you could keep them down in NXT for some time. Uh, Matt Riddle, he'll probably get the nod because he's all good to go. And they don't really want to do any more than that. I mean, maybe Nikki Cross too, but you don't want to do... Because what happens when you do too much, they all get lost. Where's No Way Jose now? He would have been much better off staying down in NXT, but instead he's just... Yeah, he's just, he's just a ghost. And finally, Andrew Carter, which is the best incarnation of Mick Foley? And he's got a picture of Cactus Jack, Do Love and Mankind. I always like Mankind. I'm talking about original Mankind with different entrance music and different exit music. I just thought it was different. It was freaky. Uh, it had something about it. And I really, I don't know. There was just something special. There was just something special about that. So, yeah, I, I, I always like that one. And Mick Foley these days you know, is, is a nice dude, but I like the character of Mankind. You know, it was just it was just really, really, really screwed up and not really something we'd see in 2018 wrestling. And, you know, he kind of reignited The Undertaker at that time. Undertaker was, you know, faltering at the time, but he needed something and Mankind brought it to him. And even one, which was very rare, very, very rare for The Undertaker at the time. So, yeah, that was... That was, um, it was special, Mankind. Maybe more special than we realize at the moment and we'll revisit it one day and go, oh, yeah, that, that, that was really good. Uh, okay, so we are, I, I like to get these to an hour. We are about 10 minutes short as I say these words, so I do apologize for that. Like I say, just a crazy week. Um, drop me a line on Twitter at Simon316 if you want to carry on the conversation about anything. YouTube.com for just the middle report rules. Also on Instagram at Simon316. Got another YouTube channel called Rock React. You can check that out. Uh, what else have we got? What Culture Wrestling? Go subscribe to that. You can watch me on there. And give us five star arches, give us a review, go share us around, let people know uh, about the podcast. That's always good. And again, all supported thanks to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. I literally wouldn't be able to do this without patrons, so I can't thank you enough. And if you want to come on the show, you can do it via that website as well. Enjoy the rest of the week. Again, this is the only podcast I can do this week. I do apologize. If I get a chance, I'll try and do a mini update in a few days. But just try and save it. Maybe listen to it twice. Why not? Listen to it twice. But for now, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Keep enjoying wrestling because it's so dumb. And I'll talk to you maybe in a week's time. Thanks very much.